Welcome everybody to episode 14 of We're Actually Doing This. This is Casey Ryerson and I am here as always with Dana Woods. Hey Casey, it's good to be back. Uh, episode 14. Uh, we have as we have more episodes than we have listeners now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, actually, I was uh, stopped into school today a little late because I forgot my microphone, and uh, Steph was in there. She's a she's kind of well. We've talked about it. She's kind of a quiet listener in the corner. She's she doesn't want to admit that she's one of the tremendous twelve, but I think she is. She was a couple episodes behind though. She said, "Why? Are you, what are you doing?" Well, I'm grabbing my microphone. It's podcast night. She said. She was listening to Lindsay's interview, Lindsay Potter, and she's like, great episode, great episode. So she was she was pleased. She is a couple episodes behind, so that's okay. We want there are a lot to of episodes. To go back. Yeah. And they, they take a little while to listen to. I find they're great for folding clothes. <laughs> it's a time commitment. We have people, yeah. uh, you know, Whittington said that when he's – working out or whatever he's listening to it i know we're, we're not really the pump up group or anything but maybe i don't should know get a backtrack you know That's... we should maybe oh, get a Jim's backtrack, backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> push it out travis you got this you got this travis <laughs> uh so dana i just wanted to, to bring it up finish those been... chickens chores <laughs> <laughs> You sent out the last call for the tech summit this year. Oh, and, I, and... I hate last calls, man. I just I hate them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I wait for them. I wait yeah, patiently guys until like they you come. That make me have to do the last call. <laughs> and Gosh. I finally, I did. I finally you signed don't up for it. Have to go home, but you can't. Dana promised a rain day, so. Yeah, I've been promising you rain days and other people sunny days, the guests that I'm trying to get from afar. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I'm excited for it. I'm glad that I I finally bit the bullet. I I looked at the times. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to miss out on this. Right? Well, that's that's great to hear. And and uh, happy to have you on board. And we're really hoping that's going to be become a thing. Uh, there's three, four people working on this. Um, Melissa Anderson, Travis Whittington, Casey, you've been throwing some things in here recently. I'm just trying to make it a really uh, engaging experience for teachers, especially with it being the summertime. Um, just trying to have it, keep it light, uh, have lots of conversations and discussions and, and time to look at what other people are doing and, and just learn um, from watching other people. And Right. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. Well, and the time that you've put into it, because, it, you know, we need to make sure that this is a good product. It's going to be ran smoothly. It's going to feel good to the people that are coming. We've been to conferences before that are good. We've been to conferences before that are bad. And we want to make sure that this one is, is a good experience for all the people that are in. Right. Yeah. I don't want to get uh, like perfection in the way of um, done. But I also really want to uh, do a nice job. So we have right. some pretty good programming lined up. You know, the first day we're coming in, we're going to have some uh, Flipgrid reflections built in right away. Like, why are you here? What do you want to learn about? 
you know, of these 10 items, which thing inspires you most? What could you teach about? Uh, and getting that recording right away and then playing it back to everyone. Like, this is what you said. This today is for you. Uh, today is for you to uh, really get inspired by those other, those things that you want to learn about. Um, then we're just going to go into breakouts. Well, we'll collaboratively create the session. So it's like, oh, 20 people wanted to hear about this. So session one, room one, we're going to go here uh, and fill out four different sessions. We got the RoboJacks coming in at lunchtime. Uh, they're going to do a demonstration again with that theme of inspiring. Like, wow, look at these high school kids that are doing that authentic engineering task. Uh, and then at the end of the day, we're going to introduce the app Amazing Race. I'm really excited about the app Amazing Race. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I don't have all at the top of my head. Ten different challenges. Uh, 25 people are going to be there. Uh, by the end of the episode, we'll have 30. I'm, I'm convinced of it. I hope so. Uh, Ten different challenges. We're going to have Frisbee Golf Flipgrid. That's the one I'm going to talk about. It's a, an opportunity for the five people in this team to uh, get outside, play some frisbee golf, but also respond to some reflection questions about the school year, what works in the tech, and then just you know, like, what are your plans for the summer? Those types of questions. And when the research says that reflection really helps people grow, and creating well, and those we, opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like. We've, I think we've talked about it before too, Dana, is like, when is a good time, you know, the best time for reflection is right away. Even though you feel like you're maybe a little burnt out from the year and you're ready to just step away, yeah. maybe like doing the quick reflection on a Flipgrid situation where you're just getting it out, you're saying it, you might not need to look at that again until August, Yep. but that's there. Right. You can go back and you can be like, oh, yeah, hey, I remember that I wanted to try that. Yeah. Or I remember that that was something that worked really well. So I think, yeah. And and this is something that's going to be documented and, and held right. somewhere safe. A, lo a lot of media, um, all the things that people are creating through the Amazing Race are going like you do the 10 challenges, you document the challenges, you create a screencastify recording of what you did and annotate it and then we'll you know put those out on social media or using hashtag sts22 um so we got a lot of plans i'm excited i know this will be the first year so we're going to have some some things to learn <laughs> uh, anticipating that we'll have we'll have areas of growth um but we'll have areas where we're really going to glow so well, if you listen to this now and you haven't signed up <laughs> sign up you still got a chance <laughs> Uh, if you work for the district, uh, it's uh, you're actually going to get paid to show up. So that's a great benefit. The the thing about it is too is that when you get 25 right now, great minds together. If things go wrong or things don't go exactly according to plan, like we're going to be able to adapt to fix it, right? And that's, yeah. you know, this is round one. Like, we're just starting. Let's yeah. let's try and at the same time reflect on the year. We're going to, like, we need to try to do a little reflection on, like, we should take ownership and the things that need to get better for the next time around or, you know, 
because like you said we want this to stick mm -hmm. this is something that is going to be great and, and for some people that both of these days might look like just work time you know i'm not gonna say that everyone has to be going you know if you're an introvert and you want to make your plan just to like hammer out those five things that you want to do more power to you um right. just really there just to help support teachers with what they need to continue to grow with technology right exactly well <clears throat> i think uh i hope people sign up for it i think it's gonna be a great experience today we are um we have a, a pretty special interview with um, Zach Maline, who is the uh, setting three autism teacher or spectrum autism spectrum um, at Lincoln Elementary. It's a great discussion. Uh, Pre-podcast, we mentioned it already, but we in the podcast we we talked a lot of deer hunting, yeah, stuff like that. It's a shame we did not record all the deer wish, hunting wish, stories. I, I wish we had recorded. We were sending pictures back and forth. Zach's a great guy, and we we praise him for everything that he does for. For the students in the district the families that that he gets to work with and um it's a great interview people are going to enjoy listening so stay tuned and enjoy i'm like i'm only as funny as i can be when when uh casey's around we're actually doing this an isd 31 production we're pumping tires and promoting the magnificent things happening in our area, schools, and community. Well, welcome back, everyone, to episode number 14 of We're Actually Doing This. This is Dana Woods. I'm here with Casey Ryerson, and we're welcoming Zach Maline as our guest today. Hey there. Good to be here. So, so... A long-time listeners and people, anyone who's been interviewed on the show knows that there's a pre-podcast and a post-podcast, and it's getting a little late tonight because Casey and Zach have a common interest. Deer. 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 Deer in the the chasing of, yeah. of deer. The pursuit, right? Yeah. There's a lot of people in our community that have that same common interest. And, you know, if you look at school districts around us, some of them even take off time for it, right? Yeah. Maybe we should, maybe we should start asking for that. I, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> I did go to the new superintendent interviews and he made a couple of jokes about wanting to go deer hunting when he was up here. So we might have an angle. Yeah. I think my that's a great plan. younger brother who youngest brother who does not hunt well he has hunted but he doesn't anymore really very much uh committed the cardinal sin this past fall he got married um not on the opening case is nodding bless him <laughs> but uh second weekend and down central uh central central america uh central minnesota where uh I do most of my deer hunting. Um, uh, that's all you have is the two weekends. So, um, but we're still speaking. Uh, uh, <laughs> my mother convinced me that the wedding is more important, and uh, deer hunting, we're, yeah, we're good. I, I think you know, it's it's called PPP, and I, I'll let people try to figure out what the what that acronym actually stands for. 
I'm not going to say it on here, but <laughs> I also, I had a child. My kid was born opening fishing. Oh, so, but he's a boy. So like, it's only a matter of eight years that it's an inconvenience and then mm-hmm. it'll be all right. So it's, it's just kind of waiting until that point. But I think, uh, it is what it is. Your brother, you know, it's not his yeah. interest, but sometimes yeah. you got to think about everybody, right? It is. I mean, it is. I mean, ultimately, like, I needed my, or we needed a parent to mediate, but like, but it's true. <laughs> like, those things are, family is, is more important than it is my, my pursuit of my hobby, even though. I have limited weekends and right. Yeah. It, Isn't it funny? So are you, you have multiple brothers. I've got two brothers and two sisters. Yeah. Same, same with me. So your parents are still mediating <laughs> conflicts between you. <laughs> That's how it goes, right? It, it is. <laughs> so you guys live away from each other? Um, they do. I had one brother that was living up here, lived over in Crookston, but now they've all, They've all kind of migrated back closer to home, but I'm still the holdout up here. So, yeah, good. Well, you know what? It's I'm happy that we have you in our community because yeah. when well, we get I, people I like in Bemidji, we want I don't to keep have up. any plans to leave. So. Yeah, well, except for like vacation every once in a while, so oh, we yeah, can escape the winters and <laughs> stuff like that occasionally. <laughs> If it wasn't for the long winter, buzzword actually, alert! Buzzword alert! <laughs> Teacher Data. burnout! Teacher burnout! Yeah, right. right. You got to take those vacations. Uh, Data I, is this might on. Have you me better, off. Yeah, you better yeah. talk about what you're doing right now because I think Zach and I were both like, "Wait, are we supposed to keep talking or what?" <laughs> Dana took control of the screen and we weren't even sure what was happening, but. Dana's that a project, right? We got to keep adapting, making the podcast a little better. So yeah, you, we're, we're going to add like sound effects, car crash. Oh, 100%. Or, uh, <laughs> the screaming man that's in all those like. <laughs> so if you're a long time listener, there's a couple things that you would know. Like, and well, first of all, you can't have a podcast without a soundboard. So here's, we just heard this one. Buzzword alert buzzword alert right if we're gonna say like differentiation that. i hit the buzzword <laughs> alert i'm gonna hit the buzzword <laughs> alert button uh, a lot of people who show up in the show really like to talk about technology so here's this one what a great educational technology mind <laughs> <laughs> and we might walk you into this trap so watch out zach here comes another DIY story. <laughs> <clears throat> I think I those see that is a perfect start. <laughs> well, I, I hope that that actually gets recorded in the Google Meet. We don't have to cut it out. <sighs> it should be in, right? I hope yeah, so. We'll find out. Um, One thing. I do want, it's not a DIY story, so you can't hit the button, but I, I, I got, I have this story. I might stim my, out on it, watch out. <laughs> so, uh, down the road for me is, our, is the mechanic, right? So I brought, I brought my truck in to get the brakes fixed. Brakes didn't get fixed. Like they put new brakes in it, but there was like something going on with it. 
I brought it to a different mechanic than the guy down the road. Because the guy down the road takes some time. He's very good, but it takes a lot of time. But anyway, long story short, bring my truck down there. I threw the kids' bikes in the back. My little one likes, he has a Strider bike, which he's pretty fast at. Oh, that's but the only saw, way to go. Gotta love it's this great. Guy. You have like That's the way to learn how to ride a bike. But he didn't want to bring that. He wanted to bring his tricycle. Okay. Oh, so, you know, I mean, looking, thinking yeah, of like the that. gear ratio on a regular bicycle. Well, a tricycle is literally just a shaft with pedals spinning the little tiny tire up front. <laughs> so <laughs> we get it out. We get on the road. It's probably, I don't know, half a mile back home on tar. And he's just pedaling. Doesn't get tired the whole time, but he's going slower than I'm walking. I'm constantly having to turn around, check on Soren, make sure he's okay. Halfway, I told him before we left, I'm like, hey, we're probably going to have time to jump on the trampoline when we get home. Halfway there, he's like, hey, are we going to still jump on the trampoline? And I'm like, oh, look at the clock. Probably not. Like, it's taking us a lot longer to get home. Now it's straight meltdown, right? (laughs) He's just melting down side of the road pedaling his little tiny trike down the side of the road, <laughs> crying, yelling at me. I'm like, sorry, bro. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Bad choice. Should have brought your Strider bike. Problem solved. Yeah. I had to get that out because otherwise I would have forgot it. And I thought, yeah. you know, it's a, it's, if you would have been able to see it, yeah. the meltdown on the tricycle, I thought it was great. Yeah. Zach, you've seen a few meltdowns in your work. I schools. see my fair share. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, what what do you do you like about working in school, seeing meltdowns every day? Um, a, a lot of things. Uh, number one, probably being that they're never boring. Like I have never been bored at my job, um, and a lot of other jobs I've had. Like I go through season maybe most of a year where things are like there's some variety whatever but then eventually it gets to a point where it's not like it's boring all the time but like i don't know like i get periods of boredom like this job um there's always a problem to solve always um something like I do a lot of station work because I work in a program level um, special ed room. So um, yeah, a lot of stations and like, I'm always trying to tweak things to make them run better or improve educational outcomes, um, that sort of thing. Um, And yeah, so um that is i'm sorry i'm moving locations here as people arrive home um but yeah um yeah i like that it is always changing um never boring uh i like that i have kind of my own classroom i'm doing kind of my own thing but then I'm also collaborating and working with other people so there's people work and individual work and yeah right I I think you have 
different kids all the time and you're going to get new kids that come in and the the problems that you're going to have to solve are going to be different with based off kid to kid to kid to kid what triggers do you see so you're always coming up with ways to solve the problems and same thing like i i switch from construction in the summertime to school in the winter and it's it's a good change for me because i I, you know, well, we get tired at the end of the school year. I know that it seems crazy for me to want to go work construction, but then it's a different type of work for me. Tangible progress too, I find. um, I don't work construction. I've done some construction um, in the past and even just like doing like uh, a project at home like here comes another diy story <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah like so much especially um with the the population i work with a lot of times like the gains are so small and they, they come slowly that's not always true but it tends to be true and there is something about being able to start a project and see it through to the end and right for sure so i can so see that that, that kind of leads us even if it's not you're still working but right that kind of leads us to the next one is just what's your role in the district right now exactly <laughs> okay i teach uh in the excel program at lincoln so um that is um federal setting three district-wide program for students on the autism spectrum. So um, the district will have students receiving special ed under a number of different disability categories, um, including ASD at every single elementary uh, in the district. Um, But those who um, have more significant needs or like, um, so for my setting, it's um, 60% or more of their day would qualify them to come and and work in our program. We have two other teachers, Kirsten Fenner and uh, Krista Olson, that are also working um, with this population. Um, but yeah, they, so then those kids come to us and um, we still, uh, we still um, have kids that go into the regular ed classroom um, and spend their time there sometimes with a one-on-one para, sometimes with a shared para, depending on how we can group them. Um, and, and then they come out and do different things with us. So like some kids will just come to us to work on some social skills or some, uh, uh, self-regulation skills. Like if they just have trouble regulating their emotions and uh, become really disruptive in classroom, that might be why they're with us, but they might um, be achieving at or above grade level. Um, Other kids that we have are nonverbal. Some of them are still able to do academic work. Others we're we're working on uh, other uh, communication pieces, things like that. So um, I would say the bulk of my kids are with me the majority of their day though so we kind of run our own uh in-house programming how many paraprofessionals do you have um i have three that primarily work in my room um and we program wide we kind of help each other out 
as well. Right. Um, and this year I have them mostly in my room. Um, and then some years get to be difficult because every student that you have that's able to spend more significant times in the classroom, it can be difficult to balance because sometimes you have to, you have to support those kids too. So you have to send kids out. Well, and that's the goal too, right? Is to yeah. get them to yep, be able exactly. to. Yeah. So they'll go out with a para. Um, so yeah, you kind of have to get creative to make sure that you have enough staff in your room to run things for the, the kids you have in your room. And then you have to also make sure you're sufficiently supporting kids in the classroom. Yeah. How many are on your case? How many students? Um, right now only eight. Um, but the needs are quite significant. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Eight seems like a lot and, you know, people understand the needs that we're talking about. I mean, is, do you want to elaborate on a little bit? Of some yeah. Of the so, that... um, so autism is a spectrum. So like you got it all over the map, kind of, kind of like I mentioned before, you've got kids who, um, are quite bright, can do everything that any other neurotypical kid can do. Um, but a lot of times they have, um, like, sensory issues where like noise really bothers them or it can be light really bothers them it can be um just little like comorbid conditions like adhd things like that make it hard for them to focus so maybe they need a quieter environment they um uh might have issues with blurting they can become really disruptive you've got um but yeah, like a lot of them are very bright. Um, and then you have other kids that have um, cognitive difficulties or um, uh, difficulties with, um, ah, I'm blanking on the word, um, where you've got a, a speech disabilities where some of them have difficulty um, communicating, some of them are nonverbal. Um, some of them are cognitively delayed, so they're not able to do a lot of um, grade level work, but uh, we kind of work with them where they're at. And, and, then, and then there are a lot of behaviors of as well. So like, yeah. uh, melt, very big meltdowns over right. what to us would sometimes seem very small issues. Um, and, and yeah. It so, could even be like the frustration piece too of, you know, you're talking about nonverbal kids that have a difficulty get yeah, expressing yeah. what they're actually mm -hmm. thinking or feeling or whatever. And they're frustrated because you don't maybe understand exactly what yep. they're trying to put out there. And yeah, like, and, and that's something too, like sometimes the behavior is the communication. Like, um, yeah. so like they might be hitting, throwing things, Mm -hmm. um, scratching, spitting, spitting yeah. scratching, pinching, right. like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, sometimes that's just saying, I don't want to do what you're wanting me to do. Sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's, I don't feel good, but they can't tell you that. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. No. And that's a, it's a difficult place to be in, you know, I mean, <clears throat> and you talk about, you know, enjoying the, different things that happen, but there is a lot of difficulty that's involved in it. Oh yeah. It takes, it takes a special person to be able to, to figure that out. So we praise you for, 
doing the thing that you do because it's it's definitely needed yeah um yeah like i remember when i was first going into special ed I, they do these trainings for like uh uh de-escalation and doing so without needing to go hands-on with the student and like they always tell you um that you need to be able to like detach from the situation, not take things personally, not let behaviors ruin your day. And, and like, it, it's totally true. And like, we work at that, like, um, but we all sometimes struggle with it. Like if, if a kid is just screaming bloody murder, like after that's been going on for a half hour, right and it, especially if it's multiple kids like like oh like it can be really hard to just even think straight and to to keep your attitude uh positive and to still um yeah not get upset yourself and right. but at the same time like it's so important because like it yeah once you as the adult in the room let yourself lose your cool like it becomes contagious so like if um if you're the lead teacher in the room and all of a sudden you're grouchy and crabby at everybody like then all of a sudden your staff is grouchy and crabby and and then you're setting kid, other kids off too and like like we can't always control the kids setting off other kids but like um yeah, yeah. You, you have to try to do all of that self-care and make sure that you're at a place where you can um yeah not not be a part of the problem you don't want to be having meltdowns as well exactly yeah attitudes are contagious that's for sure absolutely um so is there anything that's happening within your room that that, I, that you'd like to share right now um or anything that you think of on your side of things you know a lot of people maybe aren't 100 percent familiar i we don't have other than me working at Gene Dillon and having an autism program there, mm -hmm. I, I, at our school, we don't have it. There's probably a lot of teachers that, you know, have not been around it. Maybe they've been D around DCD instead or whatever mm -hmm. it may be. And it's totally different. There are other things. Yeah. There's so. differences or similarities as well, but like, um, yeah. So, um, I guess I can't think of anything super specific. Like, uh, like I'm encouraged in that. Yeah. As I said, the, the kids have very significant needs. Like they need pretty much constant supervision. Like you can't, you have to have eyes on them pretty much all the time or they're getting into something or getting themselves into trouble. Um, like some, a lot of them like are not, they're usually like most of my kids are, are mostly potty trained, but like, they're going to have accidents if you don't bring them to the bathroom regularly and like, okay, like you can wait outside, but you have to like have them on a schedule, making sure they're um, going. And a few are not uh, potty trained at all, but like, so the paras mostly take care of that. Um, they. That's just hard uh, to imagine, right? Yeah. Like if you're a third grade teacher. Yeah. That's just expected, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's you're not even thinking about that. Like, and um, yeah, like 
yeah, we, we have to think about those things and like uh, meal times, like I've got kids with uh, motor issues where they have trouble opening packages. So there's a lot of crossover into like DCD there as well, where they're going to have to do a lot of opening of packages, really close monitoring the students like at meal times. And so, yeah, they, they need pretty much constant supervision to um, help them with what they need help with and to um, also, we encourage independence. Like we're trying to um, get them to do all of those things themselves. But um, we've talked uh, a lot. Some of them are not there yet. So we've talked a lot. Thanks, Zach. We've talked a lot on the show about the productive struggle. What are some of the successes you've seen? Um. Yeah, like I would say that all of my kids make progress. Um, um, in their, the time that they're with me, like sometimes it's very slow, but like, um, yeah, um, I've got, sometimes it's that a student cannot sit in a chair, um, for any amount of time, unless they're like held there, like they, they can't do it. They won't do it. They won't stay in a instructional area. Um, and I would say that right now, all of my students will go through a station time where they will um, sit in that station and stay there. I mean, with exception, they have bad days where like they're, they're going to fight it. Um, but yeah, they all follow the schedule and stay at a table for their 10, 15 minute station and go to the next one. Um, <clears throat> they've all made academic gains. Um, some of those kids are like, just working in one-to-one correspondence to like very low numbers, like five, um, or uh, doing matching activities on the uh, the lower end. And then I've got other kids who are uh, kindergartners and you can't challenge them enough and they're doing multiplication. Um, <clears throat> so um, yeah, you kind of, you kind of work with where they're at. And at the same time too, like with those kindergarten kids that are able to do multiplication like i also have to try to get them as much of the curriculum i pull as much of the, the from the mainstream curriculums as i can for their grade levels um uh but yeah i don't want them to miss any steps either so like we we don't just jump all over and go ahead we try to um go through curriculum um yeah as as we're doing so station work Here's here's your buzzword alert. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Dana. Buzzword alert. Doing station work does allow your for your scaffolding, right? Yeah. These kids, yeah. like if you have kids at so many different levels, mm -hmm. but it's I mean, we see that in the regular ed classroom too. But mm -hmm. I, I I mean the way that you're talking about it, you're you're talking like drastic four or five grade level differences or more. Yeah. And your I station mean, work, you can group those kids into that, right? I mean, yeah, in an ideal situation, when I can, like those kids that are high achieving, if behaviorally and sensory wise, if they're able to go into a regular ed classroom, we try to get them into a regular ed classroom because um, a regular ed teacher is focused on that curriculum and they can just spend there's so much more adept in that curriculum i'm not able to uh, just 
be adept at every grade level's curriculum. Like I just can't. Like I, yeah. I have access to it. I use it. I um, teach it. But yeah, you're you're going to get a better um, um, product, right? Um, if you're able to. Well, that's what I mean. Dana and I have been doing the MTSS stuff for a little bit, and one of the talks is is uh standards based grading yeah so if those if those cfas or the formative assessments are already in place to assess to see if the kid knows a third grade standard yeah. you're not going to be chasing down a textbook to see hey where are we at where should we be yada 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 at four different grade levels you're going to have basically you should essentially have one form that yeah that you can kind of check boxes hey i think maybe you know let's let's just start with third grade stuff for this guy that's in first grade or wherever it may be yeah and and let's start hey here's standard one here's the yeah. assessment can you meet it can you not here's number two blah, 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 blah. we find it we kind of feel feel where the gaps are mm -hmm. i think that for your world would even be beneficial yeah. oh absolutely and i i will say that's not the bulk of my kids the bulk of my kids uh struggle academically so we're um doing the opposite we're um actually even dipping so oftentimes below kindergarten working on some pre-k skills right, um, right. and then um trying to get up as close to grade level as possible by the time they they leave uh lincoln and head to the program at gene Dillon. um and right. then i imagine they continue the work there just trying to to the greatest extent possible um keep that yeah up. and I, I mean we're talking academics yeah that's true there's and so much more that those aren't even the most important things for yeah some of the kids in my room like um like being able to be social and to communicate effectively to be independent um in daily tasks um all of those things are probably of equal or greater importance for um, uh, not every kiddo, but but right. a lot of the kiddos in my room. And then uh, and then also like for those kids that are in the classroom, like um, they need to be caught up in those life skill things too. Like it it doesn't matter if they can be in the classroom but can't. Um, behave as expected or or do things for themselves like they can't yeah. expect to have somebody doing everything for them so right yeah and that's your goal i mean your goal is to make make them understand the social cues whatever it may be to be in a classroom as often as they possibly can right yeah absolutely um like it's not, at least in the time that they're with me there, it's probably not going to happen for the majority of my kids. Um, uh, at the same time, like for a decent number of them, they're able to spend very short amounts of time in a classroom. And if that just happens to be um, playtime or recess or a uh, morning circle time, like those are still, they're still able to see some some modeling of classroom behavior um 
uh, turn taking, those kinds of things too, and those are important as well. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you work with a couple other people in the same program. How how does that? How do you guys work together? What do you? How do you collaborate? Um, so we kind of have our own classrooms, and um, we've run things differently different years. Um, there were a couple years where Kirsten Fenner and I. Um, uh, being the two teachers would, um, we would run stations and we would do the academics and we had all of our kids grouped together and then we had them rotating through and then we had a para doing writing, a para doing uh, just facilitating watching kids to make sure they're being safe like during a free choice station, a fine motor station, uh, sensory uh, motor stuff uh, so we did that but eventually like we just got too many kids to to run it effectively and it was so much transition and our kids um, struggle with transition anyway so like we were just having lots of behavior and meltdowns and screaming and um, so yeah we went back to doing things more of a where we have our own classrooms we still try to support each other like if a student is really melting down and um is going to take like um a staff member or two to like to monitor them and make sure they're being safe or doesn't happen often but like if they're really like going after somebody physically and they need to be physically restrained we have to have one adult doing that and another adult monitoring for safety um and just so that they can take turns and step in so that like nobody um gets so frustrated that they lose it or something like that. Um, making sure everybody stays calm. Uh, but uh, so when those things happen, then we we can kind of radio each other. And um, if we have a paraprofessional to spare or something like that, or we send someone, even if we don't have someone to spare, if it's like a crisis situation like that, we'll um, change what we're doing in our room at the time to support that. Um, and then like we, we also go to a lot of meetings together because, um, when we're getting new kids in, we try to keep our caseloads balanced. We, um, try to place that kid in the room that maybe they'll be the best fit with the other kids in that room or that specific teacher. Um, um, yeah, just, I suppose like any teacher we have different giftings like I have profound respect for Kirsten Fenner and Crystal Olson they're um, better at a lot of things than I am and um, I would hope that I do some things as well or better but um, yeah um, but yeah they're great and um, we work well, it should be well. a give and take deal right yeah. I mean it, yeah. you know you can't expect one person to be the one that knows everything yeah. always like there has to be yeah. certain people with certain answers they are definitely more neat and organized than myself <laughs> <laughs> and, you know i've once I heard a lot of people match yeah. that and have improved but <laughs> i've heard from a lot of people that a messy desk actually is like a sign of being a genius so you, you have that going for <laughs> you you come to my house. Not a genius. Yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um. Did you, so did you go, did you, did you yeah, go to school? Um, 
for um, special ed? Did you go to BSU or wherever? Uh, Did you go I to went college back for to school for special ed? So I went to BSU for uh, to teach social studies actually, and um, for like a I had a five to have I still have five through twelve license, and um, but I graduated like right in. 2009 the guy still reads like the so no one... he reads the bbc he... <laughs> i'm still interested in the social science big history like buff I, um but like he can go round and round on but, the chinese yeah. empires if you want <laughs> but he anyways like no one's retiring in 2009 um and in the meantime i i did the substitute teaching thing um that turned into a paraprofessional job at the the middle school and um and then i just ended up working in the asd program there and uh enjoyed that i very briefly left that for another job that i thought i would like and hated immediately and then i immediately applied back to the district and got hired at the high school um as a para uh, again, with the ASD program there. And then uh, I thought that that's what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to teach high school um, ASD program. Um, and uh, Holly Nelson was the, the lead teacher at that time. And she was doing some consulting work around. And she was doing some work down in uh, Natawash on the White Earth Reservation. And they were looking for somebody with a teaching degree who was interested and willing to go back to school for their special ed license and to work with this one particular, well, I had other kids in my caseload, but they were looking for someone specifically because they had a really heavy hitter kid um, on the spectrum and um, needed somebody to um, kind of take care of um, his needs. So I took that position and worked there for the end of the school year. Um, I think I only worked there for like three or four months. Uh, I liked it. Um, a beautiful drive in the morning, enjoyed my coffee, enjoyed listening to the news. End of the day, like, oh, the drive was brutal at the end of the day though. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, the position at Lincoln, so Kirsten Fenner was the only ASD teacher before that. I think this is 2014. Um, and um yeah there were just too many too many students for one case manager um so they added my position to the program and um i took the position that that summer started that fall and have been doing it since and yeah the the program has even changed like i would say my first so when i first started we were we were first grade through fifth grade at Lincoln. So like that was a big change. And um, I had a, the way we balanced the program was different. Kirsten kind of took a lot of the nonverbals and I had a lot more of the kids that were in classroom. So I was more of a resource room teacher, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, I like what I'm doing now too, but like the kids that we've been getting in have kind of changed the program we've been getting a lot more nonverbal kids, a lot more um, students with just more significant needs. So the, so now Kirsten and myself are both primarily uh, teaching kids that are, that are just with us, um, either their entire day or the vast majority of their day. 
And um, then Krista Olson um, has a few of uh, kids that are have those significant needs, but then she also has a lot more of those kids that are in the classroom a lot more. So she's kind well, of maybe that was a good transition for you. You know, when you first went and and uh, Chrissy, is it Chrissy? Did Kirsten you say and Krista? Sorry, Kirsten. Yeah. Okay. Kirsten took the nonverbals, the heavy yeah. hitters, kind of right away, and then kind of let you ease into that program. Yeah. And Maybe in hindsight, that was probably a good move to get you used to it. And now, it was good. Like, um, something. It's it's tricky to because, like, sometimes, like the kids that are super verbal, super fun, super like you can have conversations. They're um, able to engage with you and do academic work. Like. Um, sometimes their behaviors are just as volatile. So it wasn't necessarily, yeah. necessarily True. it's different. I don't know that I would say it's easier. Like it's, right. it's different. Like, and then there was no, I, there was, I had less control over their programming because they're in the classroom more. So then, yeah, it's, it's just very different. You had to problem solve with a regular ed teacher. You had to, you didn't know when they were going to go off. Like you kind of got their patterns and you would try to support that and try to um, figure out like if it was something environmental, like what can we change in the environment to help this student? Uh, what skills don't they have that we need to teach them to help them to navigate this situation that's throwing them off? Um, yeah, it, it was just, it was very different. Like it wasn't, yeah, I don't feel like it was easier, but it was different. Right. Well, for the long time was... listeners, Dana always has this question. <laughs> Everybody waits for this every single week. We it, it sounds facetious, but we had an email the other day. It's like, you didn't ask the fourth grade self-advice from Lindsay Potter. So we might have... Uh, might have to yeah, have we, back we made it we made a few listeners kind of mad <laughs> we have to go back yeah we're gonna have to call her or at so least have her is record. that the official question then is well I'm, i i do before we go there i do want to just step back and in the show notes there was something you wrote about the things you didn't learn in your ed courses i feel like we could have oh. <laughs> An encyclopedia entry of the things that you didn't learn. That's not to knock what, you know, what the teacher educators are doing, but. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would say I probably, they probably mentioned it uh, in my special ed <laughs> courses, but like, um, yeah, like just working with paraprofessionals, like, um, and um, working with other adults that are, um, yeah, other professionals um, and working with other teachers, like mainstream teachers, like I, they're great. I like working with them, but like, it's, it's just hard working at times with, with another professional who has their own thing going that they're trying to achieve for their classroom. And they're, they have that goal that they're driving towards. And, and sometimes my kids are really mess messing it up <laughs> or making it hard. Um, 
And at the same time, like sometimes you have to advocate for that kid. Um, and some, sometimes there needs to be give and take there because like, yeah, it's not necessarily right that that kid is going to be disrupting the classroom so much that it's going to be a detriment to the rest of that classroom's learning. Like, so we, we do get that. We try to do that, but like at the same time, like, yeah, like we're supposed to be keeping them in that least restrictive environment and supposed to be, um, there are times where there's some of those universal design for learning buzzword, um, things that we can be doing in the classroom to, to help support these. these Right. Do you find yourself moving in that direction where you're starting to talk about some of the ways that you um, support classroom teachers in my current role not i haven't been lately um i suppose a lot more when i was doing more of the kids that were spending more time like i imagine your resource room teachers special ed teachers who have your setting one setting two kids that are just coming out for a half hour or an hour a day like i imagine they probably run across a lot more of those situations but like you even have it like like that my paraprofessionals are they're professional they do a great job um but just like i can come in and and be crabby and um there are times where i maybe escalate a situation that i shouldn't like i get in a power struggle with a kid that it wasn't necessary (laughs) and like and like yeah, none of us we're all fallible. So like, yeah, they today is not the day. Too, and, um, yeah, so you have to you have to have that. Um, you have to be able to give them direction, but also give them um, respect and and the grace that they're not going to be perfect either with their attitudes and their uh, <laughs> when we're working with difficult kids like. And and then hopefully they're going to be gracious to me when I get in a power struggle that I shouldn't do. <laughs> like, right. um, but yeah, um, I can so yeah, tell you that too, can like be tricky. But right. yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like we have, like with Kirsten, Kirsten, Krista, and I, and then all of our paras. Like, it ends up being a really big group when all of our paras and us are together. But like we've for years now we have had just our own kind of Christmas party every year. Um, usually at my house, not always one of, we've done a couple at one of my parents' houses and, um, and then trying to go out to, for drinks every once in a while, like just, yeah, just, it just reminds, like, even if you guys don't, we as a group don't see eye to eye on, on how we're addressing this problem with this student or that student, or um, if Mr. Moline was crabby and snapped at, at somebody. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, we, we remember that we do at the end of the day like each other and we're on the same team and uh, yeah. So I would say overall, like we've got a good thing going. We work well together and have a, uh, good amount of um, respect and um, collaboration going on, so. 
we we i mean like the college preparedness like how they prepare new students coming in and whatnot you're talking about working with other adults like that's yeah. not talked it's not talked about like i'm i'm taking leadership classes right now and yeah. now i'm i'm finally learning different yeah. ways that i can get other people to try to, like why why am i learning i mean i know i am learning it right now and it's important yeah. and a lot of it is it communication right too like yeah um, like i think i'm a good communicator but i communicate poorly more often than <laughs> i care to admit uh, yeah well and it's i mean i think you're 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 right that there are a lot of missing things in the in the educational like the college of education what they're teaching the kids that are getting ready because the, the landscape of learning has changed drastically over the x amount of years it's been quite a while actually that I things have too, been changing so much of it you can read about but so much of it you just have to get in there right and that's maybe one thing that's missing even too like i don't know what what all the colleges do but i felt like when i went to bsu i wish i had I wish they had put me in rooms earlier even. I know they put yeah. me in there, but for how long? What was I doing? Sitting in the yeah. back watching, doing little things here and there. Like it wasn't until I got to the last year where I was actually doing my um, block classes where I, w I was, I had to do a practicum for like a week straight. That's like, that should happen earlier. Yeah. You know, seeing these things, talking to the teachers, seeing the interact, like you're talking, mm -hmm. the interaction of the paras, seeing the different groups, like seeing the camaraderie around the room in the school, not just the kids, everything, just yeah. the daily life of a teacher be beneficial for all students that are moving forward and trying to get into education. Yeah. Are you ready, Dana? Well, yeah. I mean, we're starting to give our ourselves advice to our our college self when we were learning to become a teacher. <laughs> so they probably told us about classroom management, but we we missed it. We had listen to experience better. it. What? Um, yeah, listen better is a common uh, thing. Um, but Zach, what advice would you give to your fourth grade self? Uh, my fourth grade self. Um, so I was thinking about it and um, where I was at in fourth grade, I just remember uh, focusing way too much on things that I wasn't good at or worrying about areas that I maybe wasn't as good as I was certain students in the class or like wanting to be in that, maybe even not top, but like like everybody else. And I'm sure that I was in most regards, but um, yeah, just being self-conscious. And I would say I struggled more in elementary school than I did any other time in school. The further I went in school, the, the easier school got. Like by high school, I kind of had things down, like good grades when I wanted them. Um, didn't always apply myself. Um, college, um, I got mostly A's, mostly because I was paying for them and like, <laughs> I wasn't going to waste my money. Um, but yeah, elementary, it took a little while for things to click for me academically. And I guess I would have, I would advise myself not to worry about 
that and just to focus on improving because the things that I thought that I wasn't very good at then I was probably being overly critical and some of those things that I know I wasn't good at then I'm I'm good at now so it's like you just don't know where life is going to take you and just focus on improving working hard showing up doing the work and 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 getting better and don't worry about anything else very good but yeah is that a new one dana i think so it's like i like it too yeah what I, I only listened to you one will of be these, successful, actually, right? I, I should have tried to. I had a hard time thinking of that, so I should have poached some some from other people. Uh, you know, mine was just wear a better helmet, so it didn't need to be too profound. <laughs> Doesn't need to be doctoral. No. So it's Thursday night with five days of school left, and it's nine twenty-one. <laughs> and I'm, I don't. I feel like we're demotivating, demotivating you from finishing the year strong. You're going to be tired tomorrow. But what have you been doing to uh, finish that year strong? Uh, what keeps you motivated? Well, I tend to be uh, a bit of a procrastinator. So, like special ed, I've got due dates and things like that. So I've had my meetings now. I I still have to clean up some files, and I have a handful of progress reports left to do um and then i'm i've got to kind of pack up and organize my room to get ready for summer school so i've got some things on my list i've got my stack on my desk that during the year it's always it seems like i get i check two things off and five things get dropped on it so like we're at that time of the year where it's finally starting to dwindle things are i've been whittling away at it um but being a procrastinator like i have enough to get done in these last four or five days that and sometimes that's what it takes for me to i need to build up that little bit of pressure um and then i'm better at being um productive uh so they're going to get done uh the pressure is there um uh but it certainly is not easy to to focus on when the weather is nice and you've worked a, a full day and you're tired and you just want to go outside and enjoy the weather and <laughs> so um are there any things in yeah, particular so that you do outside this time of year uh i love to paddle so like i'm a big i'm big into most things outdoors but i really like um camping and canoe camping so i've got a few trips planned um i've already had the canoe out a couple of times on local rivers and um yeah i don't do that a lot during the week after school but every once in a while um and most weekends so and it's just it's just nice to be out uh outside and in nature and fresh air and yeah. water and i was hoping i was hoping you knew morel mushrooms if they're oh, out right now <laughs> actually uh coincidentally i um did run across some um on a private property last weekend but um i was with somebody who was into it 
Um, I've I've never done morel mushrooms, but have you it was have cool you ate morel mushrooms? I haven't actually. So um, wow. maybe maybe I'll get into it. You should go find I, a couple. Okay. Yeah. Is there any way that I need to prepare these to you saute them okay. with garlic and butter? Yeah. Delicious. All right. Yeah. Right on an omelet on your pizza. Yeah. All right. I'm doing an ad read for Tuto Bene right now. Their pizza of the week is. Uh, is it? Is Morel? Uh, Morel's on it. Yeah. Nice. Cool. I might have to talk to my wife. Tutu Bene is kind of our date night deal. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's a spendy date night, but it's delicious. Yeah. You can literally well, order anything on the menu. Okay, where you go in on a, I don't remember what night it is. Is it a Tuesday night? I don't remember. Yeah. You get a whole bottle of wine and. Yeah. I, I don't know, like split a meal or something like date night deal. Yeah. But with three kids, like, man, we got to like prepare for this a month ahead. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Save money for the babysitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you I don't think, bring uh, the kids there? Like, <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, I worked at the peppercorn for a little bit back in the day yeah. during college. And I remember people would bring their kids in and they would, like, order snow crab legs and stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, Did now you I'm thinking have... back. Did you ever have the peppercorns pizza? I don't think it was on the menu, but they had it because they also owned the the motel. Yeah. And uh, I lived in an apartment back kind of behind the mall there. Um, I don't even remember the name of it. I think it was Regency Park, but I don't remember. Um, but my roommates and I would get peppercorn pizza all the time. And I'm still like it was my favorite in town i haven't i haven't found it like it was really sad for me when they closed down and i know no longer able to get their pizza to be honest the thing that i miss the most is just that salad like i don't know what it was about their salad like the pre-meal salad was just delicious yeah i don't know why but you know Good things always come to an end. Yeah. Just like this true. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> in this Not the podcast year. in general. This yeah. Exactly. This school year. Yeah. We're, we're almost there. Zach, I want to thank you for being on the show, for telling you, telling us what's going on in your world. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot going on. And uh, just like Casey said earlier, I just want to praise you for putting that work in because even like for parents, it's it's a struggle and for the teachers the trained professionals it's equally hard and just to be there uh, a constant a standard for those kids who need that and being able to meet their needs every day i think this is a lot about who you are as a person and again just really thank you for putting that effort in yeah well thanks for having me on it was, it was fun to talk shop a little bit and also talk some deer hunting and uh, <laughs> That's been talked to in the past about us actually recording the pre-podcast and yeah. and putting it out as a separate podcast because there's a lot of really great discussion <laughs> yeah. before. We always got to warm ourselves up, but it was pretty right. easy with you. This was fun, Zach, and we've said it before, but we can we're trying to restrain our from restrain from the Minnesota goodbyes. We want to yeah. make them kind of short <laughs> and sweet, although it is hard. We're so used to it, so but. Thanks for coming on. 
How's yeah. the Nissan running with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't get me started. All right. Well, thanks again, All right. Zach. Well, good talking to you guys. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, perfect. Bye. Yeah, you're 40. Why are you hanging out with a 30-year-old?